This week's episode of Meet the Brave is sponsored by Awkward Convos with Beejus, a podcast with rapper Beejus from West Oakland, where he sits down with interesting people to navigate through the awkward ebbs and flows of conversation to eventually arrive at these unorthodox therapeutic bliss states of being. I've had the privilege of being a guest on there multiple times and proud and honored to be sponsoring this on my podcast, Meet the Brave with Monty Draper. Let's get into it. to meet the brave it's your host Monty Draper and um, I'm honored for the sake of uh, having access and being able to you know get it ex- get get my thoughts out and just grateful for expression it's such a blessing man and it's a, it's a it's 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 moments like these that I'm most grateful um, it's hard not to be moved and to it's hard not to feel some type of way about the things that took place um, in in Sacramento, I'm I'm grateful for um, just the ability to express thoughts um, and to share. But this, I, this, I, and I gotta be honest, this is mainly one of my um, driving forces for finally seeing the vision to meet the brave through. I myself, like most of you, am an avid podcast subscriber. Unfortunately, though, uh, not unfortunately, I won't even say that because that's not even the, the right phrasing, but some of my favorite shows happen to be hosted by white voices, uh, white men in particular. That, ha- that has no bearing on what I think of their talent when you think about Bill Simmons and everything that he's got going over at the ringer and some of the, some of the platforms and voices that he's given exposure is really, really dope. Um, Joe Rogan, uh, with the Joe Rogan experience has, has been a favorite one. Um, I've actually bonded with some of my favorite people over that show specifically. Um, Mark Marin with WTF. Um, now the list goes on. But what I would find uh, mightily disturbing um, was their coverage of of national national uh, news pertaining to incidents of, of of black Americans that summer where the where it felt like the police murders were at an all time high that where at least it felt like that way. Not a single one of them shows talked about that. Everything else in pop culture was covered. And for some reason, it just it, it just made me feel some type of way. I don't know if it was anger, I don't know what it was, but it made me feel some type of way of how um, everything in pop, they covered everything in pop culture, no matter what it was, good, bad, or ugly, except that. Um, and that's not, and again, that's not, this isn't an attack on those gentlemen because, uh, again, they're entertainers. Like, I don't expect shit from them. And I think and I think we as a society expect way too much from, from people. And have, having expectations anyway is just is, is shitty. But that's a whole other topic that we'll cover uh, at some point or another. Um, but, that, but again, like I said, this that was one of my driving forces for finding... Because, again, I, podcasts came into my life in 2009. Um, that was my, my, my senior... My, my junior year of college. Or, no, excuse me, my sophomore year of college. And we traveled so much, and, and it was getting too hectic to keep carrying around hella different books. And then you can only listen... It's, almost, it's only so much music you can listen to. Um, and, and I found Juan Epstein and all these different podcasts, WTF, and eventually Combat Jack would come into play, and all these different uh, platforms where the conversations were so sophisticated and pertaining to uh, black American culture that I was like, damn, this is fascinating. But then there was, it would always fall short for me on some level, with the exception of Combat Jack um, and eventually Bomani Jones and these other people. 
But it's like, damn, I instead of complaining and, and, and making it seem as if it's their fault or getting mad when certain things weren't talked about, it's like, fam, why don't you start it? Why don't you start one for you? And, and talk about these things um, in your own perspective. And that's what I had to finally do. And with the help of some amazing people, I was finally able to see that through. And then, and then Stephon Clark is murdered in his grandmother's backyard up in Sac. Um, some of y'all listening are from the Bay and like know how the land, lay of the land works and the dynamic of do we consider Sac the Bay and all that shit is always at play, whatever. But it's a lot of us have family and friends that live there. My sister and my cousins graduated from Sac State. Some of my closest friends graduated from Sac State. Um, spent a lot of time up there so there's a connection there regardless of whether you wanted the whole argument or whether the bay whether it's the bay or not is irrelevant i spent a ton of time up there and i know a lot of people who have and so there's a unique connection um where it's an extension whether we consider it the bay or not um but that's not even the part it's the it's the optics and and some of the information and some of the details that come out about that um that how how he was murdered um being in your imagine that being in your grandmother's backyard and some of y'all aren't going to relate but it's a lot of y'all that do listen to this that can relate fam and it's like the 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 difference in that being me one of my cousins one of my brothers one of my sisters it hits so close to home and and the 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 amount of damage that fear does um and i don't know if people think about it like that but fear is mad profitable when you think about it people that live in fear for some of them don't leave their home some of them don't leave their blocks they don't feel safe enough to travel and see the world and get some different perspectives and to, and to be liberated. Um, fear also has an impact where it causes people to arm themselves and to, and to react differently in different situations. And, and policing is so unique, especially to someone like me. Um, some of my closest mentors were and are officers. Um, but they came from our neighborhoods. They know my grandmother. They know my mom. They know my uncles. They know my dad. So they, they move different. The conversation is different. But then this thing started to happen where the officers policing the places that I'm from and, and, and a lot of these places don't live in the places that they're policing. They live an hour, two hours out. They don't have no ties to these communities where we come from. They don't know... They don't know my grandma. They don't know my aunts. They don't know. They don't have no, there's no bearing on them. There's no connection to them, to the community. So they're moving different. They got a different edge. And and then there this thing happened too where it became such a scramble to 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 fill these jobs, policing in general, where we had to sort of lessen the requirements to become an officer. After a while, whether you had a degree or not wasn't important. Um, so then that that kind of you know, and a college degree that doesn't deter a lot. That don't determine shit in most cases. But okay, let's start there. Then it started becoming all right, man. Anybody come through the academy and can make it through. Let's roll. Um, there stopped being less funds allocated to psych exams and that the, the process wasn't as hard and this and this is a hard thing to talk about because so many people that I love to this day are officers and are amazing people so this isn't just pertaining to them this don't even pertain to them because I know what amazing people they are I know how hard they work to get those jobs and I know what their intentions are and why they're doing it. It is it is their way of giving back and they genuinely believe that shit. (sighs) 
However, that does not remove the fact that there's some sick motherfuckers that have infiltrated a lot of these precincts around the U.S. Some scared individuals that have been given guns and badges that are going around gunning down young black men and women. And even beyond that, what is the incentive of the media jamming this shit down our throats? Why is it okay over and over again? Shit, since before Rodney King, since the attack on, on Alabama, in Birmingham with the dogs and the, why is there not only why is there footage of that why is that shit shown as much as it is you don't see any other any other people being murdered and attacked like that routinely shown over and over again it feels intentional I'm sorry that shit feels intentional to show that over and over again to young black boys and girls so they get they get that that level of fear implemented deep within them and beyond the damage that that's doing to black people think about what that's doing to the rest of the world where they're getting conditioned to it being okay to seeing black bodies being taken advantage of at that magnitude Call me crazy, man. Call me whatever the fuck you want to call me. Call me a conspiracy theorist. I don't give a shit, but that feels intentional, my nigga. And I've I've done I've done social posts, videos and shit begging, begging and pleading my black brothers and sisters not not to assist in the attack on black minds, bodies and spirits. And sharing it out of, uh, and I, and I, because I, I do think it's coming out of a good place when black people are sharing this, like, yo, we want to create awareness. But how much awareness can you create when there's fucking photographs of black bodies hanging from trees and being burned? Like, it, we, all this shit is documented and it ain't helped nothing yet. So I know y'all think we're creating an awareness by continuing to share it, but it's actually having the opposite effect when you think about it. Everyone's becoming conditioned to seeing us be murdered. Fuck an accident. I want to hear nothing. This is this is intention. This is an, an attack on black lives, and no one gives a shit. Start holding people accountable. We have to. Start holding everyone accountable. Everyone that's monetizing our culture, monetizing our pain, monetizing our oppression. Everyone's getting paid off this shit. Everybody except us. CNN, Fox News, everybody ratings going through the roof. There's so much, there's so much out there for us, y'all. There's so much out there for us. Our women, our women shouldn't have to live in fear. Not from anyone else, but for damn sure not from us, fellas. Our babies shouldn't have to live in fear, but it's it's all you see from timelines. If you still have television, you know most of y'all don't, but if you still got television, timelines mostly, 
And this isn't this isn't high horse bash anyone, but that's that's this is this is why this is why what we create and the things we choose to illuminate and the responsibility that comes with that shit is so important. Cause it's power. If I hear one more fucking rapper, athlete, say they're not a role model, my nigga, I'm going to lose my shit. It's the dumbest shit in the world. Especially if you got a million followers, my nigga, what do you think that means? It means something. You have a voice. You have power. Help save our people because there is an attack that's been implemented on us for centuries now. There's no more, you're not removed from the responsibility. It's too much information out there for you not to know better. We've been waiting on help for God knows how long and it ain't here yet. The help is us. With, with all that, man, I, I please know I love y'all. I'm recording this in a unique situation, and I am I'm honored that um, my guest is who it is for this episode. Miss um, Faiza Farah, one of my favorite people. Um, I I was I was sitting I was sitting at home and just on my timeline and uh, Dage. Um, who's an incredible just personality, but he he's he's again somebody with with an with a unique voice um that works his ass off. Um was sharing a video of an interview that was done of him on this platform called Third Space. And immediately the title intrigued me and uh clicked the video and here's this beautiful woman conducting this interview, this thoughtful interview that is allowing um, Dage's thoughtful and articulate side and, and how much he cares about his people and his and his culture shines so bright. And it was all it all stemmed from the the questions that Pfizer was asking and and just how comfortable she was making him. And immediately, immediately it reminded me of uh of uh, some of the shows you would see on the early Viceland. And even Viceland now is there a network. Um but it was finally getting getting the black voice it was capturing it perfect. All these other networks, they try and they and they fall so short. Sometimes they get close, but a lot of times they fall short. But this one was was dead on. But it was because it was these were black people, and I, and and it resonated so loud with me, and I just became a fan. Um, and in typical Monty fashion, um, I reached out and uh, and I wrote her this this email and. And just because just wanting to get to know her, sent her an invite to come see um, the crew and I open for Jay Electronica at 1015 Folsom. And it just happened to be one of the more electric nights. Dave Chappelle, all these great people were in the building and it just turned into this crazy thing. Um, And since then, man, just been keeping tabs and keeping in touch and she is approaching the launch of her platform, which she'll cover. But Faiza and everyone at Third Space, we're so, so proud of you and so, so grateful um, for all of your hard work, um, your fight, because it wasn't easy. Anyone that's been following the Third Space story knows how hard it was um, for them to get to this phase. And... And they did it, and they'll continue to do great things. And so, um, without further ado, 
Here's my conversation with Ms. Faiza Farah. That of course, Have the, we of course, this episode levels are good. <laughs> um, I, I thank you for coming. Thanks for Fiza, having me. I, it's I, a pleasure. Faisal Far is here with this uh, Meet the Brave podcast, and we're not doing episode numbers because I have no idea how this is going <laughs> to be released. But I'm just, oh man, I'm excited. Uh, Miles on the boards today. Miles, Mr. Miles Dodson. You guys know him from. You had me at black and so many other things and, and mixing and making sure my voice sounds clear in my music, too. So thank you for being here, brother. Um, Faiza. Hi. 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 Um, we met randomly because I'm weird. And like the cold contact people <laughs> and say, hey, I like what you're doing. <laughs> We need to hang out and no, oh my God, no, no, no! You provided me one of the most magic. I can't, I can't believe I'm, I'm gonna finally get to tell whoa, this story. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Yo, you just reminded me. I get to finally tell the story. I wanted to write about this story. So you reached <laughs> out. I actually forgot about how we met. So you reached out, being very polite. You send, you dropped me a line saying, "Hey, I was following what you were doing. Support your work. I'm doing a show. You should come check out the show, mm-hmm. and uh, and I can have some tickets for you at the door." I thought very generous yeah. i will take you up on it and i took uh my and actually asked you for one more ticket asking for too much <laughs> i'm always team captain of team too much and uh and and you were gracious and and gave me another ticket because i wanted to take my brother and and a and a best friend to come see your show so we got there early um you were opening for for j electronica okay <laughs> so we get there, your show is amazing, and it's the the audience is like full because it's a little yeah, earlier, it and it's full of supporters of yours. Mm-hmm. And I, I I was really happy to like just get exposed to your world mm-hmm. and your supporters, and so the show is fantastic. You do a great job, and I was like trying to see. I'm like, ah, well, we're probably not going to connect today, mm-hmm. uh, so we stuck around obviously for the J like show and that show was phenomenal it was the first time i saw him live i'd never seen someone that was so like heart-centered and and performed really with such presence and awareness just being just there right so completely there Mm -hmm. and and you know i was already already like a fan of him as a lyricist Mm -hmm. but really became a fan of him as a human being when i saw him perform live and just like the radiant energy, like this sounds so Bay Area, but it's just like energy. He it has a real. vibe. It was there. It yeah, was in yo, there it was night. it was so amazing. So in the corner, I'm I'm looking at the stage because now Jay Elect is not on stage. He's like crowd surfing, mm-hmm. right? He's like in the crowd, totally hugging everyone <laughs> as he's rapping because that's what he does. Mm. And I look on stage, and on the side, I see it's Dave Chappelle, mm-hmm. and now I'm like. I think I might die tonight. <laughs> Two like living goats are like in the same vicinity and just being normal and just being, you know. So the the night wraps up uh, and and they're closing the doors and we're kind of lingering around. Jay Elect is still there. My brother and I now I'm like the coolest big sister of all time because he's in the room with Jay Elect and, <laughs> and Dave Chappelle. So. They close the doors and we're thinking like, oh, we should probably leave. Mm-hmm. And Dave Chappelle gets on stage. Dave Chappelle gets on stage and this is just after the death of Fife Dog, mm-hmm. rest in peace. And um, and he, he, he kind of coaxed the crowd to start rapping along to some tribe stuff. And um, people are like rapping along and then he gets like, Jay elect to start telling jokes mm. so now Jay elect he's like okay if i start rapping will you joke so he starts so now <laughs> dave chappelle is like <laughs> rapping and and he's saying like everyone put your phones down we're gonna be present together this will never happen again in Ever. life let's just enjoy this moment yeah. and uh, and he would call out anyone that had their phone out but it was the most matt magical mm. the most magical <laughs> night i ever had with my little brother <laughs> big sister award for me and 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 it was Dave Chappelle and Jay Elect mm-hmm. on stage mm-hmm. for hours. We stayed two hours. So concert ended everything by like one, two a.m. Yeah. They kept going, and it was four a.m. I was like, I gotta leave. I got work in the morning. <laughs> I left. I left. <laughs> Biggest regret of my life. I left Jay Elect and 
Dave like, Chappelle hey, on stage. Y'all tripping. I'm, <laughs> trippin', I'm going home. You know, because Dave is like known for these marathon, yeah. you know, impromptu things. But I stayed for three solid hours and, and then left. So dope. It was and amazing. People didn't believe like that was happening. And so I'm I'm like, I'm finished my set and I'm drenched in sweat. <laughs> and so I'm like, I'm wiping my face and I'm not looking. I, I kind of have an idea of where I'm headed to the stairs. And I bump into this dude, but he's like broad shouldered and as tall as me. Yeah, I'm like, and, and so natural reaction when you don't see who it is is like a little attitude. And so I take the towel down, I look, and it's Dave. And, hey, man, my bad. You killed it, though. And then just kept walking and, and disappeared. And I was like, what? And I went to the back in the green room and told my boys, and they're like, no, they didn't. And the only thing that saved me was uh, uh, my engineer that night, shout out to Drew was in the sound booth smoking cigarettes because it was the only place in the club they could smoke cigarettes. Him and Dave smoking cigarettes <laughs> in the sound booth because Dave just needed to smoke and they would only let him smoke in there. And then my boy Quid was like, man, you should have stayed. And he told me exactly what you just told me. It was, yeah, I literally had the time of my life. I will never remember that night. There's a few magical nights like that. And I'm, I'm like, That's so how, how did the stars align? For me to be here right now, That's yeah, so, and, and it, because of you, because but of it, you. it was literally I saw, um, and I can't remember which episode it was, but it was uh, uh, third the third space episodes, and it I, I know I know Dage wasn't the first, but it was he that episode was one of the first ones I saw. Mm. Um, who was before Kamal? We began with uh, very cl- now has become really really close friends of mine. She has a uh, she started a, a vintage and resale uh, shop in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's a black woman, and she had a very kind of clear. That was the first uh, yeah, yeah, Delilah yeah. Delilah Heidi Christos. Uh, her her shop in San Francisco is called Relove, and uh, yeah, it, she she has this really clear philosophy about. Mm about fast fashion and how it's it's really damaging the earth and mm. that we could stop producing new clothing and we w- could still look fly and 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 use what we have and and she's created a really beautiful business so that was many years ago mm. and now i mean last year she was rated the the best uh, vintage store in san francisco See, and that and that's what jumped off the screen in your, in that episode with you is that i i it was a brand new story a brand new face a brand new name but i was instantly a fan and it was, and I think I told you this the first time I, uh, we we actually got to speak, is that with Viceland and all these other publications, I, it it was brilliant, but there weren't enough faces or enough stories that that hit close enough to home for me, right, right, um, to where I felt represented in those publications, and so right. just scroll. Someone shared that uh, that post, and just by and that's what makes me love timelines and social media and all these things because right. it just minding your own business and get hit by a ton of bricks is basically what it is. Right. And that episode was just like, this is amazing. <laughs> Who is that? And why is she so next level in, Thank a, in you. a sense of how you go about getting the stories, the questions that you ask, how out of the way uh, as a, as a moderator and an interviewer you are, cause I got to see you on those, but then, um, a red Bay, mm-hmm. uh, event where it's just, you really, really allow, uh, the person that you're sitting down with, they they get comfortable, right? Um, they get vulnerable, right? And they share things that, um, that I, I don't know. It it, the, it especially 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 black people when right. they are being interviewed by people who don't look like them. They there's certain parts of them that they don't disclose right. out of fear of not being understood, mm-hmm. um, being judged in any way. And you do a really great job of making not just black people but anyone you sit down with. Right. They were really, really comfortable, and that stood out to me. And I, I don't, I don't, I don't think I've ever had any, any clear vision of doing any journalism. But I have always been attached to interview-based uh, content shows, right. whatever it is. Yeah, from your starting with your MTV Rap, right, right, Arsenio, mm-hmm. and then getting into uh, Letterman and Fallon and and, uh, and One Hundred Six and Park. Right, you yeah. can see that. Free was so different from all the other uh, female hosts that came after her. Totally. So hip-hop. She spoke the language to where, yeah, she stripped them down immediately, Mm -hmm. and they felt like, yo, I'm talking to family. Right. I'm going to have a real thing. And you have that. Thank you. But it's, um, I don't know, it's it's a unique style. It's like, 
it I I knew you before I knew you I guess and that and I, I and I feel like that is synonymous with all of the greats who or people who go on and do great things and mm. actually make an impact and do some awesome things so that's why I was like I gotta it's like I was making my list and it's like who do you want to interview and I was like Liza, 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 Liza. <laughs> well thank you it's 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 um it's something that I've I've always wanted to do it and like you I was always drawn to and it came from a really honest place for me you know I was I, you know graduated from Berkeley was doing work in finance oh, no. don't 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 no, no. we gotta go back we oh go. let's <laughs> we, let's go I, back jumping all over the place <laughs> but I do I do want to I do want to start and and you know sort of figure out because the, the whole point of of this is to really really draw the parallels right. for for creatives all over the world and in terms of just inspiration and I feel like what's been I, I've had this talk with Niles, uh, with DJ Flow, uh, with Miles, DJ Flow, and a whole bunch of other people. Um, fandom is what draws, you know, the passion, mm. the drive, and the sort of overall vision. And so I do, and you and I have had that conversation before, and just you know, in where your inspirations come from. So I wanted to to I wanted to have that conversation on air right so we could sort of uh, trace trace your trajectory and where you are at present right. day so th- I'm sorry I didn't mean to just jump in and cut no, you no, off no. but no. Where, where where are you from originally oh it's when you're like an immigrant <laughs> when somebody asks you that you're like oh shit where do I start <laughs> where do I be in utero like how do, <laughs> I don't know well, okay, so the the short is that um, I was born to Ethiopian parents mm-hmm. who were refugees, and um, I was born in Saudi Arabia, mm-hmm. and I grew up in Italy. I went to um, a boarding school. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was a Muslim kid that went to a Catholic boarding school in Rome. Uh-huh. Um, what, until was, what was that like? Yeah. Do you remember how much I, I do you remember? I do remember a lot of it, actually. Yeah, I do remember a lot of it. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, it was it was it was really lovely mm-hmm. in many ways, but also really challenging because uh, we were away from our parents and yeah. and it was a it was a sacrifice that as a family we had to do, um, and yeah, it was it was challenging, but I felt like I was protected. I was I was sheltered in in some ways. Mm-hmm. My parents and their experience of being in the eighties in 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 Italy and in Rome in particular was completely different from mine. I was really sheltered and, and their daily struggle was full of racism yeah. and um and uh they were touched by racism many, 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 many times yeah. throughout the day. And so I was shielded from that and it wasn't until I was much, much older that I could have a conversation about what that experience really was like for them. Yeah. And the courage it took to just, you know, uh, step into the unknown in the hopes of having a better future um and from there my family uh, applied for citizenship in the united states and in canada and canada was the first country to respond so we as a family moved to to vancouver mm-hmm. west coast <laughs> and um and and i grew up in in canada uh and then i came to the u.s um went to school uh, uc berkeley and and just kind of build my 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 life now here mm-hmm. in in oakland um, and yeah, Oakland's always kind of occupied uh, a huge part of my imagination as a young person, y- being a black person um, in in a predominantly like Asian um, and non-black city like Vancouver. Mm. Uh, I, I was able to kind of get my identity reflected back to me um, from reading like black literature, mm. listening to like black American music, mm. and um, and. Uh, and I immerse myself um, in, in understanding the the history of of uh, you know just uh, all of the all of the big robust kind of ethnic groups and tribes mm. in Africa, the transatlantic straight trade uh, slave trade, to Jim Crow mm. redlining, uh, and then you know some of my actually my favorite uh, writer of all time is Toni Morrison. Wow. Uh, and she writes in, in the language that is 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 very very is very black yeah. and and um, and so I like obsessed about that because I was the only place I could see myself and I could those the, the literature the music that was the only way I was getting myself reflected back to me so Oakland as a, as a place is, had already occupied a lot of my imagination mm-hmm. because of the history of civil disobedience and the Black Panther Party and the free breakfast programs mm-hmm. it. It was a place that I knew I wanted to be, yeah, yeah, 
and um and that's kind of why I landed here and stayed here and have been able to kind of build my 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 life here um and then in terms of like the inspiration for for third space as a, as a show because uh, that's really the first iteration was that it was a web series um in my short time like I've been in Oakland now for 12 years mm -hmm. going on 13 and in my short time I saw things changing so rapidly you know and I remember like being able to walk down the street and go to any place and just see it full of black folks, you mm. know, uh, and we weren't all doing well, but we were all there, you know, and within my short little time, just seeing the amount of displacement that was happening, it was just so shocking, mm. you know, and I tell this story often, but like I walked into the 12th beer garden that we have in <laughs> Oakland because, you know, we need 12, you know, and I saw like a, a framed picture of like an older African-American man I think he was a farmer or something. And it just made me really angry, mm. you know? It made me feel like we're being relegated to being like artifacts, you know? Mm. Who we are is just artifacts on the wall and the entire space was full of just white folks, mm. you know? And it made me think about like this this feeling, this idea, this desire, this kind of creative like little amber that I was holding on to um, in terms of like thinking about, uh, you know, cre having a, a creative process that, that uh, integrates more of who I am. And and I was holding on to that, and I, I thought, wait, there's probably a solution there. There's something that I can do to, to push back against some of this uh, displacement in my own little tiny way, you know. And storytelling and, and documenting the stories of folks that I thought were doing really dope things um, as a way to say, like, yo, we're here. Yeah. We're here. Um, and you can't just push us away. You're not going to erase us. We're we're here, and so I just I started kind of curating a, a web series and do talking to people that I admired, people that were not celebrities and mm -hmm. not necessarily musicians, but people that were on their own path yeah. that took a kind of meandering path to their their careers or their life. Mm -hmm. And I thought this would be a way to like connect those people with like the general culture and see if there's a way for people to get inspired mm -hmm. by 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 folks that are doing really cool stuff yeah. so we began with talking to um uh, delilah highly christos who is the owner of relove mm. um vintage consignment shop she just won best of uh San Francisco. She's the best vintage shop uh, in San Francisco. She started out very, very humbly and, and has like a really robust business and she pushes back against this kind of fast fashion culture. Um, and then we went on to speak to uh, Dage mm -hmm. um, uh, and, and Dage is kind of like a, a staple in the community. He uh, you know, born and raised in Oakland and um, and it's just kind of a creative uh, butterfly, you know. Exactly. It just takes on so many different, um, so many different forms. Renaissance, Renaissance man, for absolutely. Sure. The modern, the modern version, definitely. Absolutely, and and went on to talk to a lot of really great people. But mm. then the idea still felt like, yo, this is something more. There's right? something more here, and not to say that I wanted to walk away from the interviewing because I love it. Like mm. I, st I, st like. I'm in uh, 2012, 2018, I'm going to uh, relaunch some of the uh, interview shows that I do. I'm probably going to add a podcast mm -hmm. as well. Um, but th that's that's sincerely where my passion is. Mm -hmm. But I felt like in terms of like making a bigger impact, like what what could I do Absolutely. beyond just creating my own little programming, mm -hmm. you know, and um, despite like the traction and, and the interest that the, the that the content we were creating had, I felt like there's something bigger there. So I created a, um, a company called Third Space Media, mm -hmm. and uh, I teamed up with some really phenomenal people. My co-founder is a former Google employee, and he uh, has had tons of kind of media experience mm -hmm. as well. And, you know, uh, we have a, such a solid team. Our CFO went to Columbia, mm -hmm. our uh, our content manager is um, a um, AD at Apple. Like our our team is like really it's solid and robust. Strong, and yeah. what we're trying to do is like is uh, launch a platform mm. that takes all of the independent content creators um, that are doing video content, uh, just kind of YouTubers that mm. um, are 
getting to a place in their YouTube career where they're they're getting about 500k streams, mm-hmm. and they want to they want to kind of kick it up a notch and get support mm-hmm. to continue creating. Absolutely. So we're creating a space for for folks to kind of graduate from YouTube and maybe not at that Netflix or HBO level, but, but this is a way for them to have a home. Yeah. And it's a way to kind of support them to create the content that they need to do, whether it's providing editors or sponsorship, um, or, or doing events. Uh, what I want to do is like, uh, is, is have like a one stop shop for undiscovered dope, video producers and and everything from like music to tutorials to to um uh, scripted short films feature like it really will run the gamut someone that's like doing like electronic reviews on youtube doesn't have a home on hbo but should have a home um at third space media and we're hoping to launch uh the first week of april so send your prayers. <laughs> oh, definitely. I, when you're doing your campaign, it was that was so inspiring to see, you know, to see it kind of be still for a little bit and to see it pick up steam because people are seeing yeah. the importance of of voices and in, mm. in particular voices of color have a home and and have a have a support system and it was that's what I was picking up on the first time I ever saw uh, your interviews, interview-based show. Was that oh damn this this again? I I know I, every time I see you, I, I make that comparison of Iceland. And I hope that's not offensive at all, but it was in terms of big picture and where that and what Vice sort of started as like oh this is this is cute, but right? Where is it gonna go? Right. And now here we are. What is it? Not, not even a decade later where they got their own channel right. and even still it feels like um it's it's not all inclusive you know yeah absolutely not you know <laughs> it's it's still like a a very very white space yeah. you know and this model of like being the the cool white dudes that mm-hmm. are you know connected to like culture or hood culture or, <laughs> or you know and and prof like just able to monetize it in in obscene ways Mm -hmm. you know uh just because they're standing next to the cool guy you know and and what i want to do is is really disrupt that model i want to find these creators get out of their way support them to tell their own stories not not profit off of their stories and Mm -hmm. and then do like a really robust like revenue split with them Mm -hmm. you know so they maintain ownership and and they actually get paid for their work you know um and get paid well for their work and you know it's um anytime you're trying to create something you know and i guess this is like at the heart of of the creation process like Mm. anytime you have an idea and you go beyond ideation and you're really trying to make something it's it's full of so many quiet painful moments that no one has access to you know (laughs) just like soul crushing Mm. moments you know where if you if you had known what it would have taken to get to that place you probably wouldn't have started in (laughs) in a a second i know i wouldn't have been brave (laughs) enough to do it 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 took like enough ignorance (laughs) to commit and and now that i'm here it's like yo this is this is a lot and 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 you know it's it's paired with a lot of other challenges oh, yeah. that i have you know it's already it's already it's already difficult creating something mm-hmm. but then when you pair that with like you know kind of societal challenges that you have nothing to do with mm-hmm. but impact you like you know uh, trying to get money as a as a black woman founder you know the statistics are are abysmal yeah, you know absolutely. if you're trying to get venture capitalist money mm-hmm. It's uh, you have a zero point seven percent chance if you are a black woman, yeah. you know. So it's, it, you know, it, it, these are these are really huge challenges. And so for someone like myself that really wants to adapt and incorporate feedback and grow and get stronger, when you hear no a lot and you don't know where that no is coming, coming from, from. <laughs> you know, it's 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 hard. It's hard and and it's depressing you know and and i don't think people talk about that enough that that it's it can be soul crushing Mm -hmm. and and ultimately i i land on a place of inspiration because i know that every day that i don't give up every time i show up to a meeting and knock on those doors um that 
I'm breaking some glass ceiling and I'm doing it for the next person uh, next to me, behind me, that wants to uh, dare to create something that has been floating around in their head, hmm. you know? And if I give up, then I'm just saying that it's that that it's okay. That it's yeah. okay. And yeah. and it's not. It's not okay. It's not okay. I I knew we would get here, but um the speed in which we got here and how relevant that conversation is to the one I've been having, um it seems like the last few weeks consistently now mm. is like you you have no idea. But again, mm. This is what this is for, to draw those parallels, to bring those voices out and to bring that sort of community and awareness together. Um, and Faiza, I can't thank you enough for showing up on Meet the Brave and being essentially the, the prototype for what inspires me. You mm, know, the, fearl- you. the fearlessness, um, the, the, the healthy level of ignorance, you know, because like you said, if you knew, you probably wouldn't do it, you know, but then also um, being able to voice and articulate uh, some of those emotions, too, um, is the most important thing, because you, like you said, those those quiet sort of off the grid moments that no one will ever, ever know about. Are you are we obligated to share? Are we not? Should we keep it? And I think what what is what is really um what is really at the center of what we're experiencing now with uh, social media and our ability and our ability to curate everything, everybody needs and wants that fast track instant gratification mm-hmm. without the hard moments. So you are more inclined to quit with any pushback, right. um, and it's just not conducive to success at all. You, you're going to hear no, so prepare yourself for it. Right. Um, the Dis- discrimination comes in all form, shape, size, and colors. Mm-hmm. But the odds, spe- <laughs> the, you said it clearly, the odds of a black woman getting getting support for anything, you know. And t- but we, but are we having those conversations? Or, or anyone is anyone highlighting that? And is and is and is anyone on the front line? And so when I when I initially saw you, that's immediately what I thought of. Mm. Um, and why I wanted to do this today. Right. So, um, well, yeah. and I, 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 for me, it's, it's really important to, to share all of it. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that's where our Kickstarter came from. It mm-hmm. was birthed from the, uh, you know, me just being on that hamster wheel of chasing funding and, and finally getting really, really close. And we got really close to some major funding. Mm-hmm. And at the very last minute, the investors pulled out mm-hmm. and, and it was so hard for me because, you know, I got people that work with me that, like, you know, one person that works for me that, you know, she doesn't come from a place of privilege at all. Her, yeah. her you know, Mexican immigrants. Mm-hmm. Um, and and her, she's the first one in her family to go to college. And, and every time I try to pay her, she's like, nah, this is an investment. Yeah. And she doesn't, she, she doesn't have money to invest. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but, but she sees her, she sees that... What she's offering me is the most valuable asset anyone can offer, Ever. which is their time. And when she sa- when she does that, like it just like fills me up, like yes. fills me up. And and so I was really trying to get those that investment, mm-hmm. not only to, to 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 go on to do the work, but also to to like support and help feed the people Absolutely. that like ride for you. Yeah. And so when I didn't get that money, I spent three days like in the fetal position, like in bed, Sick. just like just fucking sick you know (laughs) and then it dawned on me like yo i need to share this with people i need to let people know that i lost today like i lost and and it's not it's not pretty and so i i I wrote like a a facebook post and made it public and and it kind of became a little viral and um and people were like yo do a kickstarter like we'll support you you know fuck these investors we could you know we got it we got it and and even the symbolic like 25k that I got, which is like not a drop of what I need, yeah. you know, but just that symbolic support from mm-hmm. community made me feel like, yo, you know, I'm I'm on track. Mm-hmm. 
I gotta I gotta just not give up and and the people that ride for me really really ride for me and this is a marathon mm -hmm. you know uh, it will take at least five years to be put on in any level and that's mm -hmm. me working like full-time for five years nonstop mm -hmm. you know and so I'm just like trying to buckle into the journey and really like share the joy of certain victories and not allow myself like uh, former President Obama said this in an interview and it really resonated with me about how he never really believes all the really amazing things people say about him <laughs> and he doesn't believe all the really negative things not that too people high, say. Not too low, yeah. yeah and 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 just figuring out like how to how to feel the joy and how to feel the pain fully but but to but to just also know that like that one investment isn't going to change what I'm doing, Absolutely. you know, and even if they came back and said, yes, we're giving you the money, that still doesn't change what I'm doing. Yeah. You know, it doesn't make it more valid or less valid because some folks cut a check, yeah. you know, and and it took having that L, you know, and, and repeatedly getting that L to understand that, like, the intrinsic value of what I'm doing is bigger than what monetary uh, amount could be associated with Absolutely. it, you know, and I'm trying to lock into a mission like, you know, I, just being in France, um, I I was at a I was at a uh, Christmas party, and I and there was a, a bunch of little kids running around, and one girl, uh, she's French, but her family's from Senegal. She was wanting to practice her English on me, so she ran mm -hmm. up to me and she said, "Hi, I speak English," and I'm like, "Oh, great, fantastic." <laughs> she's like, "I watch Insecure," you know, and and it was important for her to to, to tell me that she mm -hmm. watches Insecure, you know, and. And Issa Rae being like a Senegalese American yeah, had her start it on YouTube. And I think about that. I think like what would have happened if I could have gotten my hands on an Issa Rae five years ago when no one was really fucking with her, you exactly. know, and really given her the support. And 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 there are so many people like, like that, that right <laughs> now, you know, and why is that important? Like a French kid in the suburbs of France, like sees themselves in this like black American woman story, you Absolutely. know, a and it's just because we just don't have it. And and I, I think about that not only in the black reality, but I think about that like across the board when I talk to like my Arab friends there. Th we play a game where it's like, tell me, tell me, you know, when when you see an Arab on screen, that's not a terrorist, you know, and and it's it's so for me, it's not about like creating silos where it's like this is a black thing. Mm. It's about like centering it in blackness, like white people center it in whiteness all the time. I center my work in blackness, but it's it's an opportunity to create space for all people, all people that are are marginalized, and so it's it's folks of color, it's LGBT, it's it's folks of varying abilities, it's 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 all people that don't have a space, and those people that are creators that are doing really dope stuff, they're going onto YouTube and saying, "Fuck this system that is has all these like." you know, uh, just all of these uh, barriers um, that prevent me from, from actually having an opportunity. I'm not going to wait from, for those old watchdogs to, to give me an opportunity. I'm just going to create my own thing. So let me just turn on my, my iPhone. Let me turn on my $200 camera mm -hmm. and start creating stuff. And, and those people with that kind of spirit go on to, to have, like, loyal followers. Absolutely. And um, and it's those people that I'm talking to. It's those people that are that I want to say, uh, like, come, come join this platform, mm -hmm. you know, come to third space media. I will support you, um, in the ways that you need to be supported. I, I will get out of the way so you can, um, go on with the business of creating, uh, and then we do the rest. That's fire. That's the third space too. It yeah. That's the, <laughs> that's the yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and it's, it's crazy because like for me, I saw like this little like viral clip of, of Jay-Z mm -hmm. on stage talking about his challenges with Tidal and mm -hmm. about how people complain, this was early on in Tidal days, yeah. about people complain about how much Tidal costs but are fine with giving money to white companies. And, and it was that day, like that moment that I like canceled my Spotify and subscription went and went to Tidal. Immediately. Uh, immediately. And later on that week, Tidal goes to, to to invest in Black Lives or d to donate in, mm. in Black Lives Matter, mm. and and I just I, I I want to like really really like live and walk my principles in 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 any small way that I can you yeah. know yeah I I am a broke person that if I can go to Amazon and get like a 
a $5 toothpaste versus paying $10 at the mom and pop shop. I'm going to do yeah, that. Yeah. But there are ways that I can make choices and different choices. Mm -hmm. There's there's ways that I can pay a premium for something that goes directly to people that I support. Mm -hmm. And this is the this is why building a platform is important beyond just like having the content. We have to have the space that the content is can on. Live, yeah. You know, that's it's it's always about ownership and 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 it's always about following where the money goes and 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 my hope is that people find out about the work that we're doing that they that they rally behind it that creators are like yeah we could be on youtube but like let's also take a chance on this other thing and mm -hmm. see see if collectively we could pool our audiences and really light this thing up you know mm -hmm. um i'm trying to offer an alternate world the kind of world that i i wish i lived in yeah, you know and I'm hoping that people join me and, and, and I hope that people are galvanized by this message. I hope that like people are as rallied as I feel when I listen to some of my some of my uh, idols, you know, mm -hmm. uh, when I listen to them. And it's not just Jay-Z, but it kind of runs the gamut around different mediums. Yeah. But when I hear people say like support, support local, support the people that are on the ground mm -hmm. doing it don't don't support Issa Rae when she's on HBO support her oh, when she, she like calls you and says I don't have any money but could you hold a buoy you know yeah. could could you hold you know could you could you keep the schedule you Absolutely. know it, it's that kind of support and, and that kind of collective mentality that I I really want for people to like lock into you know mm -hmm. and but you li you're living it you're displaying it and you're setting the example and uh, it's it's one thing to to hope for it and, and wait for that person to appear. It's a whole other conversation when you become that, you know, and, and again, that's, that's what I saw from the rip. And so here we are and we're talking about a few more months until you launch. Yeah. It's what, what is, what is that? What does that feel like? You know, the, the just the launch date. I know, I know yeah. for you, I know knowing you that, you you still thinking way past the launch date, but if you're able to just just for a moment go, damn, right. we're here. Right, it's it's um it's super scary. Obviously, mm -hmm. you know, um, anytime you make anything and you release it, you open yourself up to scrutiny. And and because so much of yourself is in your work, yeah. if anyone criticizes it, it feels like it's a criticism to you. Mm -hmm. I've gotten better actually <laughs> releasing that because now I'm like really hungry for Absolutely. for feedback. Like Bring I, it I, all. Yeah, yeah. I, I, especially for the people whose taste I trust. Absolutely. You know, it's like I'm so hungry for it. But yeah, it's 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 scary. But the cool, like my my co-founder uh brandon brown shout out to brandon brown he um said something really interesting to me we were in a meeting and he quoted zuckerberg and and said that uh, zuckerberg said that if you aren't launched if you're not embarrassed when you launch something you haven't launched soon enough and i am confident that I, we will be thoroughly embarrassed by <laughs> april and uh excited to 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 bring this um this platform into the world and um and it's important for us to, to to get it out there because I want people to touch it, to yeah. feel it, to experience it, to and and through that that, that it can shift and grow based on the way people use it, Absolutely. you know. Um, and so uh, it it requires a leap of faith and it requires us to kind of just um, put ourselves out there. Yeah. Um, and so we're working really really hard uh, to to make that happen. Next month we're launching a. Um, well, I don't know when this is going to air, mm -hmm. but but we're we're launching an open submission, kind of a nationwide open That's submission, awesome. so folks can submit content. Mm -hmm. We'll have like a team of people to review it. Our hope is not to have like an endless sea of content, but really have enough of a robust experience. Uh, it'll be a subscription model. You get the first month for free, mm -hmm. and the rest uh, it's going to be a dollar and ninety nine cents a month. That's nice amazing. and easy That's price. Amazing, yeah. And um, and we're hoping that yeah that people will will license their content on our platform yeah. and we'll hope that people will s tune into it Absolutely. you know yeah that's beautiful well um, and and forgive me if it looks like shit you know <laughs> we'll do better i promise i did that that was another <laughs> thing too we had a conversation it won't look like shit. <laughs> a conversation we had where that 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 model of perfecting your product before you release it to the world is dead like there's Oof, no yeah. more you don't you don't have time for that no. so and getting it out and uh title went through that um 
Apple still goes through it where mm-hmm. they give you the new iOS and there's 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 seven updates of the new update because right. it's you know you got to give it to the people in order to figure out what the glitches are. Right. But there's still these people who are holding on to whether they realize it or not that uh, that subconscious fear of being judged and being right. poked at and it, it you got to just give it to the people and and sort of edit it in real time it's the it's the life of pablo album you know it's exactly the, yeah. gonna put it out there and i'm hey you're gonna wake up tomorrow it's gonna be a whole new a version whole of the song thing. yeah but i'm going to i'm going to be uh present and and awake enough to hear what's going on and that's it's the first time we've ever been mm. able to create like this right and so to know that that's where you're headed is is inspiring. Um, I am a fan of you, I'm and will continue to be. And thank you for rocking with us on Meet the Brave. Thank you for having me.